our job is to try to be more and more like Jesus. When you understand that the early church was first called Christians in Antioch, it was not a compliment. It was not a compliment. They wanted to say they acted like Christ. And I wonder, you know, today if, if you know, there would be enough evidence to convict me at times that I'm indeed a Christian, you know, that I do act like Christ. And so with that thought in mind, I mentioned that it's on the back of your sheet, uh, and I mentioned the five things that help us keep cutting back or uh, trimming when uh, my flesh sort of rises up. And if, if you've never had your flesh rise up um, in you and you wonder, where did that come from? Where was all that? And what was all of that there for? Um, you then praise the Lord. You are, you're wonderful. Uh, but probably, to be honest, most of us have. And the picture on the front as you remember if you were here Sunday, shows that that sort of is supported by the trunk, the trunk of the tree being my pride, the pride of life. You know, we talk about the things that war against us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the third one is the pride of life. And pride is not a, you know, you say, well, you should have some pride about you. You should have a sense that you want to, you know, do better in life, and that's true. Uh, not all pride is, is, in a sense, ungodly, but it is it's easy, it's, it, it's a slippery slope, if you will. You know, when I begin to feel like I, by my willpower, or by my might, or by my strength, I'm able to do something, then I have a tendency to become a little prideful about it. And the Bible records verses, and we can quote them, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so these five things that we have to constantly do is number one, we have to remember the gospel is for sinners. And then, that's on the back of the page on that last little paragraph. But we have to remember that the gospel is for sinners. And guess what? That's what I am. Amen. I am one. And if you ever get to thinking that you am not one, you are now being fully supported by pride. Okay? And you will have a tendency to look across during a prayer meeting and say, thank God I'm not like that. <laughs> and Jesus will say, you're not going home justified. Remember, that's what he did to the Pharisee. And so it is not about pointing my finger at someone else, but it's directing it to me, letting the spirit work on me, letting the word of God work on me, and then remain, remaining humble before God meaning that I need the Lord every day. And so, you know, 
when sometimes we get maligned or falsely accused, oh, you think you're better, and, and you don't understand. I know how much wickedness is in me. I don't pray because I think I'm better. I pray because I need to pray to keep myself in line. I mean, Daniel, you read the story of Daniel, the lion's den, Daniel was not praying because he wanted everybody to see him pray. Right. He was not praying because, oh, I'm, I am so holy, I want everybody to see me pray. He was not fasting the food because I want everybody to know, look at me, uh, you know. And so when I'm out in a restaurant and, and it, before I eat, I will just bow my head and I will say a prayer. I, you know, I don't stand up in McDonald's. Okay, everybody. Because <laughs> it's not about everybody else. All right, Father God, whose voice spoke worlds into existence, I now come before thee, beseeching the throne of grace that you would bless this food. Okay, I probably missed it. My prayer was for me to bring me glory. You know, it's not about to bring God glory. And so in that regard, <clears throat> I've got a number one, remember that I need the gospel. I need the grace of God. I need the blood of God. I need the love of God. I need the mercy of God. I need the righteousness of God. All of those things, and there are verses there, and we won't, won't read them tonight. But the second uh, situation is what I call dependent responsibility. And, and this is a slippery slope, as I mentioned Sunday morning or Sunday night or both. It's a very slippery slope because we also have to do something. The Holy Ghost was given to give us power to conquer the sins of the flesh and to conquer the enemy, conquer the spirits, conquer the things that will rise up in us and, and help us gain control. <clears throat> when somebody comes to me and says, I just can't control it, I just can't control it, I say, well, then you've got to charge up on the Holy Ghost. Because I want to tell you how much the Holy Ghost can control. It's able to get the dead to come back to life. That's how powerful the Holy Ghost is. So you can't say that through the power of the Holy Ghost that you can't, you know, and I've had, and I've had people say, well, I just couldn't help myself. I just, you know, something came over me and I just had to tell them. And I had to tell them they were, what they were doing. And, well, the, the Spirit of God is not that way. In fact, the Bible says that, that it is subject to the prophet. The Spirit of God is subject to the prophet. What does that mean? That, that the Holy Ghost will allow you to stop the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible is very clear in the New Testament, don't quench the Holy Ghost. I mean, I've seen people, they're praying and the Holy Ghost come on them and they begin to feel the presence of God and they just, mm, mm, oh, mm, mm. Guess what? The Holy Ghost is not gonna knock you around and make it flow out of you. 
You can sit there and feel the awesome power of God and not respond. And the Holy Ghost will allow that to happen. Because that's the very nature of God, is not to force us. Now, the other, the enemy, is something very different. When you get angry, sometimes you can't control that. Hmm? Can't control my mouth. When I'm, when I'm frustrated, when I'm worried, when I'm fear, afraid and fearful, and, I, and that starts rolling. You ever know what I'm talking about? You ever have run into some anxiety and it's one thought followed by another thought and another thought? That you have no control over unless you first preach your, the gospel to yourself and then start charging up on the Holy Ghost. Because it takes a spirit to fight that spirit. But you have to willingly embrace the Holy Ghost and say, give me strength, give me power. I need that spirit of God to fight the spirit that is making me feel like, you know, and, and I understand. I, I've had folks, you know, whatever. And, and yet the danger, and this is why I said it was a slippery slope, and I, I put the verse there, and the danger of that is that when I sort of do it by my willpower, I mentioned this Sunday morning, if I grab a hold of it, I'm not, I, I'm going to tell you what, I made up my mind, I'm not going to say a bad word, or I'm not going to get angry. I've made up my mind, and it's by my willpower. Well, it's my willpower yes. fighting my flesh. Yes. And guess who wins that battle every time? Myself. <laughs> God doesn't win it, I win it. And so, and guess who loses every time? <laughs> I do. <laughs> because it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. And so if I think, and that doesn't mean that, and I, and I put there on your paper, you gotta do it like you're doing the fight and the battle by yourself. You've gotta be accountable and you gotta draw lines and you've gotta have to pray and you're gonna have to do things and you're gonna have to, avoid things and you're going to have to draw boundaries and you're going to I, you've got to have to do all of that but all the while you're doing that knowing that i'm still going to have to have the holy ghost help me i'm going to draw a boundary but god i'm going to need you it's not going to be by me i'm going to do my everything i know to do i'm going to do everything i know to do we we have some individuals facing some uh, you know, medical situations. And, and I tell them, you, you do everything the doctors say, you do all that you can, you do all that, but know that the healing source, I'm thankful for the doctors, I'm thankful for all of those things, but I know in whom I believe and I want the Lord to direct their paths and their ideas and give us wisdom. And I, you've heard me tell, there have been numerous people, my mother is one, and I, I can tell you others, where the doctor would come in and say, I think you need to do ABC or XYZ. And, and just she feel, felt an unction from the Lord, and I just don't feel good about that. I don't feel at peace about that. I don't feel released to do that. I just don't feel. And so I'm sorry, doc, that's wonderful. It's a great suggestion, but you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Well, how do you do that? Because 
she was connected to the spirit. The spirit was directing some of that. See what I'm saying? And so we don't blindly, I don't blindly follow everything the doctors. And you say, well, you better not say that because people need to obey the doctors. I get it. But the Bible, I mean, you know, but we also know it's the practice of medicine. And sometimes they're practicing. Well, I'm not saying be foolish. When my mother felt that in the, in the Holy Ghost, you know who the first person she told that to? Anybody got any ideas? That's exactly right. She said, honey, pray with me. I don't feel that. You know who the next person she told it to? She has one child. She said, pray with me. Our family, we went and what do you think? How do you feel? What do you do? You know what? We all prayed. We all felt the same confirmation in the spirit. And in the mouth of those witnesses, she said, every word's been said. I'm not going to go that way. And do follow that treatment protocol. I'll follow this one, but I'm not going to follow that one. But you know, that, you say, oh, you know, what would have happened? I don't know. But you have to be fully persuaded in your mind that the Holy Ghost is opening a path and a door. And I've seen people that would say, well, I don't think we should do this. Or I don't think, you know what? And you can't make that decision for them. That's with the Lord is there. And I can tell you a lot of others that in, have gone through those very same similar experiences where I'm faced, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure, I pray, I'm asking for the peace of God. Why? Because I am still, I am responsible, but I'm also dependent on God. So it's dependent responsibility. You, you see what I'm saying? Now the third one was to look into the word of God and find where the word of God is able to give me this, which is called the sword of the spirit, is able to give me uh, the ability to cut back on whenever things sort of prop, pop up out of that trunk of pride. And that's what that picture on the back side or on the front side of the page is all about. It's that tree there and that sense of all those branches. Then of course, um, that's uh, where you identify those little foxes that spoil the vine and those little things that are supported by pride. Because if, um, and again, this is not wickedness, and, and yet the Bible says if you've offended in one point, you're guilty of what? And all of it. And so we realize that that's why we all have to repent. We all have to humble ourselves. If you reach a point where you don't need, you know, well, and, and my dad will remember, we had a young lady that, that, that came to church one time and, and, and said, I know a lot of people said, been telling me, they praying for me, but I'm okay, you don't need to do that. I'm good. And did we see her again in church after that for however many months? No. It, it ate her up. Why? She was trying to do it on her own. You know? And you just can't do it on your own. You need the body. You need the strength. You need the corporate body. 
And, and she had mistakenly thought, I can do this. I'm, I'm, and her willpower was <clears throat> wonderful, but uh, your willpower is not going to defeat these spirits. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's where you, number five, get some help, have someone to help you become accountable and so forth. So 1 Timothy 4 and verse 7 uh, is what we, uh, we started. Go back, turn your page over. We'll look at th these respectable sins. And I don't think we'll get through them all tonight, but I, I hope to get through uh, some of them. And, and I call them respectable sins is because oftentimes we don't want to call them sin anymore. And I mentioned to you Sunday how we don't talk about sin anymore. We talk about, well, he made a mistake. He, you know, whatever. <clears throat> we even have, you know, um, uh, officer, I don't know how that stuff got in my trunk. I don't know. I, just driving down the road that just ran out of that building and jumped in my trunk. All those tools. Sorry, I don't know how they got there. Um, anyway, um, 1 Timothy 4 and 7 says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself. Now, you remember I told you that was where it says bodily exercise profiteth little, but exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And so it requires a constant workout. It requires a constant adjustment. It requires, you know, okay, how did that sound? What, how was that perceived? What did that, oh Lord, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I don't want to be... I don't want to be that. I don't want to be, I don't want to have to fight that good fight of faith and lay hold. I want to just be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it and then too bad. If you don't like it, that's just me, okay? Well, be careful because uh, it's not on your paper. But put Romans, the second chapter, and start at about verse 20. And we'll go through, I don't know, 23, maybe 24. Romans 2. He was talking to him uh, about uh, an instructor of the foolish. Paul talked to the Jews. And he said, you all are supposed to be the instructors of the foolish, a teacher of babes, have the knowledge and the truth in the law. And you supposed to teach somebody else and you're not learning. You preach that a man doesn't steal, but you steal. And you say that a man should not commit adultery, but you commit adultery. Now he was meaning that by doing it, by not being faithful to God, not wasn't meaning that they commit a physical adultery. Wasn't talking about they literally rob something, but you, how do you rob God? Remember Malachi, by your tithes and offering. You hate idols, but yet you commit sacrilege. You do it, and then he says, you make a boast of the law, but though breaking the law, you dishonor God. Now verse 24 is this sad one. It says, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through In other words, when people when I say, well, yes, I received the Holy Ghost, and I, I, I'm 
I've got to admit, boy, there have been times I'm sure I brought a reproach by my actions. Maybe I was misunderstood. Maybe I was way off in the left field. I don't want the name of God to be blasphemed. In other words, I don't want somebody to say, and I know people will say that meanly, and they'll say, well, you know, and you call yourself a Christian, and they'll point at you, yeah, I thought you were holy, I thought you, and the devil will do that as an accusation, I understand. But that's why we are trying to do our best to live right. It is that we, want, we know, we believe we're representing Christ. We're representing the Lord. I don't believe that it's just me, what I want to do when I go to school, when I go to work, when I go to whatever. I'm there as a representative of the power of God. I want to be representative of a Christian. Now, does that mean that I'm perfect? No. Does that mean I don't make mistakes? Sure. And, but yet, what's my attitude like? Am I humble? Oh, you know? And I know you can look at Joseph, who was in prison, and he was witnessing to people in prison. And I know people that, you know, will go to jail, and you think, man, that's a terrible place to witness. You know, you're guilty, and you're in jail. But hopefully, you've humbled yourself, and you admitted your mistake, and say, I, I did wrong. I need, I know where I got off. You understand? And you can be a witness. So, <clears throat> you have to train yourself to be godly. It has not come natural. It's like growing a garden. I don't care. You can till the garden. You can buy the plants. They can be 6, 8, 10, 12 inches tall and plant them in the, in the garden. And I'm going to tell you, the weeds will catch up and overtake them. The good stuff doesn't, you know, overrun all the weeds. This doesn't do it. You thought, well, that's okay. I, as long as I've got the good stuff in the garden, it'll all be okay. Well, uh-uh. You've got to work at a garden. You've got to train yourself. Okay? <clears throat> I, Brother uh, Joe, I was picking on him Sunday. I, I saw him there. But I've read five books on working out. And I was at a uh, <clears throat> shop the other day and I saw a lady and she had a book and, and um, I didn't buy any books. I just went in and looked. I know. <laughs> my, my family gets worried when I go in a bookstore. I went in the bookstore and I was looking and a lady in front of me had a, a book and it said, Eat Your Way to Being Healthy. And I looked at her, and I looked at the book, and I thought, oh boy, she's going to have to do a lot of reading. She's got the eating part down good, but uh, the, the reading part, she's not, I don't know where it came from. Sorry. You can see I haven't had a lot of sleep. I was, Please edit that off the tape. I don't want that out. That's just for us. Okay, I apologize. Oh, Lord, I apologize for that. But that thought crossed my mind, just bam. And I thought, well, that wouldn't, 
you know, and, and uh, but I, let me tell you, I, I immediately, the Holy Ghost said, don't say anything and don't roll your eyes. <laughs> and at that moment they were spinning, but I just kind of said, Lord, I need your grace right now. Thank you for dying on Calvary. Because <clears throat> I wasn't going to say a whole lot, but I was just going to say, well, that looks like a good book. I mean, Have you read that book before? I said, no, no, I don't want to go there. Because if I go down, if I start walking on that ice, it'll break before I, I'll be in trouble. It'll be bad. Uh, so, uh, I didn't want the name of God to be blasphemed. So, train yourself to be godly. It's what Paul told Timothy. You've got to train yourself. You've got to work at that. Now, so here are some of those branches and they're in no particular order. It's not like the first one is worse than the last one. But the thing that I want you to understand is that all of these come from a spirit of pride. Now they don't have to come from pride, but once you begin on a roll, it, it can happen. You can be, it, it can be established by pride. For, for example, uh, fear or anxiety or frustration. You know, we, you, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting at home and your chest tightens up and you have pain shooting down your arm, well, you need to go, whoa, what's that? I, I need to get that checked, okay? I mean, something's happening. I don't know what it is. I can't breathe. I can't, whatever. Getting dizzy. You need to have that checked. But anybody that's ever experienced any kind of a health issue knows that it doesn't take too long for that, oh, I need to get that checked to become, oh my God, I'm dying. Oh Lord, this is it. This is the big one. I'm, I'm huh? And then, why do I say that? is supported by pride is because I am not remembering that God's got my life in his hand. Yes, I need to go to the doctor, call, make an appointment, maybe call the ambulance, but all the time I'm waiting on the doctor, I'm waiting on the ambulance, I say, Lord, I don't know what's going on in my body, but I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know what you're doing. Right, right now, you can reverse whatever course if you want. If not, you're able to do. Amen. You, you see what I'm saying? I immediately resort not to my works, but to God. Lord, help me through this. Touch my body. Heal. You, you see what I'm saying? And it's it, because I don't want it to be all about, well, uh, it's all about me because I, my trust is in God. Now, we're like, yes, call the ambulance, all of those things. So, you know, if, if a boss comes in and tells you, I didn't like any of this and you need to do all that wrong and you did this bad. And, I, and <clears throat> when Sister Mary Lee was, got a job at the bank, I just thought about it. I remember there was a moment when, when there, you know, she called me one day in, in the middle of work or at the end of work and said, it's just feeling like I'm so frustrated because it's, I, I'm in, 
it's not going right. And yet I'm asking God, remember that sister Marilee? And, I, and we just said a quick prayer right then. Well, she had, was doing her best. That's not, not bad. She had done, and the Lord saw where the mistake was or where the omission was. Or I think if I remember the story, right, it wasn't even your deal. It was somebody else's and that had done whatever it was that was wrong. And she found out, well, we, that's, that's where you're supposed to do it. That's why I tell these young folks, if you're going to school and you're doing your best and you're doing your homework and you're studying and you're doing all that you can do and it seems like you can't pass that test, then you say, okay, Lord, if you're trying to get me to go another direction, if you're trying to shut that degree down and open another degree, if you're trying to shut that door and open it, praise the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about if you do nothing. You know, I don't go to class. I don't read the book. I don't do the homework. And then I go, oh, Lord, what are you doing? You understand? But when I'm doing, my, it's dependent responsibility. Does that make sense? So anxiety, frustration. Let's read a few of those verses. And uh, Matthew 6, we, we won't read that. Well, uh, these were the words of Jesus as powerful words. He says, don't take thought for your life. Don't take thought about what you eat. Don't take thought about what you drink for your body, what you put on. Well, and you read through all of that because he says, you know, the, he closed the ravens and he knows how many sparrows and he knows all of those things about us. And so the Lord was letting us know when it said, don't take no thought, it doesn't mean that you never plan for tomorrow. Doesn't mean that you never go, I wonder what we're going to have for supper tomorrow. Well, we need to go to the store. Well, what we're going to eat. Doesn't, that's not what it, he's talking about, worrying about it, being anxious about it. Now, does that mean that you just, well, live by faith. If, you know, I'll spend everything I have today because I'm not taking any thought about tomorrow. I'm not saving for a rainy day. No, that's not what that means. We do our best to plan, but we are, you know, Oh my Lord, the stock market went down two points. Or oh my God, help help me, Lord. This didn't happen. Or that didn't. You know what? I'm doing my best. I'm trying to get as much wisdom. But yet, you know what? God, you know how to clothe the sparrows, the lilies. You know what? I'm going to do everything I can at the same time knowing God, my life is in your hands. Because. When you get frustrated, it's showing a lack of trust in the Lord. That's why you then remember the gospel. Lord, you're the one that died for me. You're able to help me through this. Matthew, the 10th chapter. We'll, we'll jump. You can read those great verses. This is where he said, the very hair of your head are numbered. Next verse says, fear ye not therefore. Aren't you more valuable than the sparrow? That was the, the story part where he said, two sparrows are sold for a dollar, five sparrows for two dollars. That means for every time when you're buying sparrows, you get a free sparrow. You know, buy two for one or five for two. That means you're getting a free sparrow. And the Lord was saying, guess what? I know about the free sparrow. I know the one that, you know, that, well, they, they don't give you the choice of sparrow on the free one, you know. 
like a sign that says buy two and get one free, well, they always give you the free cheapest one. You know, I've said, no, I want that one free. No, sorry, we charge you for this one and this one, and you know, then we give you that one for free. <clears throat> well, the Lord was saying, I know how many hair you got. So what does that mean? That whenever I start feeling anxious, when I start feeling overwhelmed, I start thinking, Lord, am I, am I worshiping you? Am I praising you? Am I getting the spirit flowing through me? Oh, but you don't understand. I'm afraid. I felt a pain. I felt a this. I felt this in my, uh, my head, my back. My Oh, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but you know what? You're still in control. It's still by the blood of the Lamb. I'm every day. I'm living another day by faith. I need your grace today. I need your strength today. Wash me through with the Holy Ghost today. And then, if it's anxiety, get your Bible out and read some of these verses. That's why I'm giving them to you in a handout. Because you can take them and read them. Say, Luke 12, 7, another one. Very hair of your head are numbered. Now, the reason I put it there was by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Philippians 4, verse 6. Remember, Paul wrote this from a jail cell. Be careful for nothing. In other, that being careful for nothing, it didn't mean that you walk out in a freeway. I'm not being careful. No, when you read the Greek of that, it means don't be anxious. Read it in the Amplifier, NIV. It says don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And if you read the next verse, which I didn't put it there, but the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is going to establish your mind and heart and emotions. When you get to rolling in anxiety, let me tell you, if you will pray and be thankful and you will tell the Lord what you need and you will, I'm going to tell you, the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your thoughts, will grab your heart, your emotions. You'll find yourself, you may be spinning out of control, but when you start saying, Lord, thank you for the blood, thank you for what you did for me, thank you for Calvary, fill me with your spirit, all of a sudden as you begin to do that and you get the Bible out and you read it and you pray and you say Lord I want you to touch my body I want you to heal me or I want you to give me a new job or I want you to whatever it is fill in the blank and I want you to help in my family or whatever the situation is but I want you to know Lord not my will but yours I'm going to worship you anyway I'm going to thank you anyway all of a sudden that spirit that tries to grow out of a trunk of pride, yeah. you're cutting it off. It. You feel great. Yeah. Say, well, I'm still sick. Yes. Still don't have a job. Yes. But you know what? I've, I've talked to the Lord about it. Amen. Now, two hours, you may have to do that process again. Yeah. That's why Paul said, I die. I, you know, I get the sword out and cut on that tree stump daily. If you don't, you're going to be in trouble. First Peter, fifth chapter, seventh verse, casting all your care, all your anxiety on him. Why? He cares for us. 
Oh, I, and, I, and you all are so kind and so respectful, and I've had people tell me, Pastor, I didn't want to bother you, and I didn't want to, and, I, and I, that's fine. I, I appreciate it. But yet, I don't want you to ever, don't let the devil tell you that either. I don't want you to hear that. But let me just tell you something. You can bother God 24-7. You can bother me 24-7, but don't ever stop not bothering God. Cast all your care on Him. When you try to do it, work out this one by myself, well, I know, oh Lord, I'm so anxious. I gotta get this fixed. I need to do this. I gotta go do this. I gotta do this right now. I gotta, I gotta make this, I gotta do that. You can get yourself running in that wheel if you'll just stop a minute and say, Lord, if you'll help me, I, you know what all I've got to do. Lord, give me peace, give me direction. Help it work the first time. I have found myself, you know, oh, I gotta get my keys, where's my keys, where's my billfold, where's my, huh? And the more I'm, and I say, Lord, you know, I've got a scheduled appointment. I don't know what, I had him in my, help me, lead me, put it in my mind, huh? You'd be surprised how many times the Lord just go, oh, wow, there it was, and I promise you, it wasn't there five minutes ago. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Amen. But I had to get a hold of that. I had to cut that off with the word. I had to stop a moment and say, whoa. You, you see what I'm saying? <clears throat> um, Psalms uh, 139. Your eyes saw my substance and I was unperfect. And in thy book, my members were written. You continued when they were fashioned, as yet where there was none of them. What does that mean? David was saying, you knew me in the womb. You knew who I was. When somebody says, oh, but pastor, you don't understand. I was not born. I did not have this. The Lord knew you, you while your DNA was forming. Don't ever tell God he doesn't know who you are. You don't know how hard it is. You don't know what I, you know, and I know I read stories all the time about people that are finding out, you know, well, I, I thought I, this was my, you know, the, this doctor was the one that was uh, the surrogate parent or that person and whatever. Let me tell you, God knows who we are, how we got here. All you have to do is worship him. He's able to make us a new creature. All right. I can see this is going to take a while to get through these. <laughs> I'm to do better, folks. Discontent, resentment, bitterness. Psalms 139, also verse 13. You've possessed my reins. My, you guide me, Lord. That's like a horse. You've covered me in my mother's womb. Why? Because we have, we're living in a world and I'm, I'm blown away, you know, when parents will say, well, my seven-year-old decided that they wanted to be a different gender or they wanted to be, they're not content, they don't like, you know, I'm like, my goodness, how can you make those decisions at five and six and seven? Huh? Right. But there's such a spirit of discontentment. I don't even like the way I was born. I don't like the way I looked. I don't like, I don't like my parents. I don't like anything. I want to get it all changed. Let me just tell you. The Lord knew me in the very beginning. He made you the way you were. You say, well, 
I wish he would have put more, sprinkled more talent. I wish he'd have sprinkled more intelligence. I wish he'd have sprinkled more whatever. You know what? With what you've been given, do it, donate it, dedicate it to God. Say, God, use it. God will use it. You don't, have to, you don't have to live your life saying if I would have been raised, if I would have been born, if I'd have had a better family, if I'd have had a better childhood, if I'd have, I mean, I, and I have used my father numerous times. My dad had a very horrible childhood. And, and I'm, not, I'm not telling you that for pity me. I, I'm blessed. But I was, I don't know, junior, senior, Sophomore in high school, the first time I met my grandfather. And we went to St. Paul. And he was a brilliant man. He had been he had been extremely abusive, beaten his mother, left when he was what? You were two? Two years. You were five years old. So he knew his dad. His father beat his mother, put her in the hospital. She had to have surgery. The, beating was so severe. Okay? Let me just tell you, my dad could have, oh, it's terrible, why didn't I? Here were friends of his for the New Strands. Parents were in the church. He was a board member. Brother New Strands' father and mother, I think Brother New Strands' father was a board member. Was a board member. This is, here's one boy who's raised in church, well, my dad was on a Sunday school bus. His grandmother got in the Holy Ghost. My grandmother was not, his mother was not in the church. They came in all together about the same time. What are you saying? You can either say, oh, that's terrible. You know what? Hallelujah. This is where I am. I'm not going to be discontent. I'm not going to be, oh, I just wish if I'd have had this, if I'd have had that, if I'd have had, you know what? Be content with what you have because God is good. Don't let that get a hold of your pride and it may come bitterness and resentment and you can just be resentful all the time. I can't believe that. I got it. That's not fair and this one's not fair and if I wouldn't have been raised this way and if I wouldn't have been... Yes. That's right. You're here. Don't forget the gospel. The good news is the Lord dug you out of the miry clay. The Lord set your feet on a rock. Yes. Hallelujah. All right, so Job 1, 21. What Job said, and I think this applies to most everybody here. We were all born, not with shoes and socks and top hat and coat. Huh? Well, I came out. <laughs> Pretty much all started this thing the same way. And guess what, folks? We're all going to go the same way unless the Lord comes back. Huh? But <laughs> the Lord gave, the Lord takes away. But you know what he said? Blessed. Lord, you've been good. Yes. Lord, you've been a blessing. Oh, you know, 
I wish my dad would have been a multimillionaire. I wish my, I wish this, I wish, I, I wish, but you know what? Thankful for where I am, what I have. Thankful for what God's done. When you start in on what you didn't have, oh. And let me tell you how easy that spirit is to get a hold of you. Where you start looking at somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I know why you can live for God like that because you were raised that way. Okay, well then what are you going to say to my dad? He didn't get in church till he was 14 or something. What are you going to say to him, huh? What are you going to say to some of you that are sitting out there that weren't raised in this, huh? That's why on the day of judgment, the Bible says, you know, I'm going to stand up there and tell the Lord all the reasons. Well, I was born. I didn't have it. My family, I didn't have it. Uh, let me tell you, you don't understand God. And that's why the Bible says some of us are going to be witnesses. Yeah. I'm saying, what about this one right here? Huh? What about this one? Oh, Lord, I need to remember the gospel. I need to, huh? Well, we got two limbs. <laughs> let's stand. In fact, let's come. I, 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 I'm hoping we will get through all of these. You may get bored with it, and so may I, before we get through them all. Not that it's boring, but let's just come. Stand around the front. If you didn't get a copy... Bring one. Why am I, why are we doing this? Pastor, why are you doing this? Because we need the mercy of God. When we start repenting and asking God's, for God's mercy and God's grace, do you know every service is going to be supercharged with the Spirit of Almighty God? When we come in and well, I don't need to pray this week. God bless you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. God bless you. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. All right. Fast? Oh, I'm really doing good. I'm doing okay. Be in church? Oh, well, well you know, I kind of got that whipped. I don't really. You know, if I go to church once a month, I'm, I'm really doing good, preacher. I need it all the time. I need the presence of God all the time. Why? Because it's a fight to keep some of these things cut back in my own life. Oh, you say, well, are you saying you're wicked and you're doing that? I'm not, it's not wickedness. It's ungodliness. It's not honoring God. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, Whatsoever you eat or drink, he said, you know, and sometimes I don't like that. You know, I go in and I look and there's that bag of Cheetos and I, is that a good thing, Lord? And the Lord says, I don't think that's really healthy. Might not be the best. But Lord, I'm on vacation. Cheetos and I'll be, we'll be friends. Huh? Just, just let me give this little one right here, Lord. I just want this one. 
Oh, that's why I said Sunday, there's none of us that are 100% godly 100% of the time. We all, me too, need God every day, every hour of the day, every minute of every hour, every second of every gospel. Let's love him. Let's thank him for the word. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you're working on us, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us, Lord. The name that is above every name. We know, Lord, you're on the throne. We know you died for sinners such as I. Oh, hallelujah. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Lord, I need your spirit all the time. I need your presence all the time. I need the body all the time. I need the church all the time. Hallelujah. I need your presence to lead in God. It's so easy to get overrun by the spirits in this hour. God, give us grace. Give us strength. In the name that is above everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Shake hands.